Hey, beautiful people, welcome to the In Between Podcast. I don't you remember my intro. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the In Between Podcast where we vibe. Guys, I don't remember the intro. That's how long it has been. And I don't listen to my old episodes because why? Why do that? Welcome to season seven of the In Between. Ha. Huh. See, before I get too deep into talking let me just tell you right now if you're going on a road trip this is a good episode to listen to if you are <laughs> i don't even know if you have some few hours to chill no maybe not a few hours but if you have like an hour you need you need a cup of tea something to um vibe with me on this episode we have a lot to talk about a lot to unpack a lot to share before we get into anything, I'm going to tell you a little bit about where I've been and I want to set some ground rules because the in-between is taking a different phase. If you are watching this online, welcome to the in-between podcast YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, please now go on YouTube. You people that like my voice, the most you've seen of me is on my, if you follow our Instagram page or if you look at the logo really well, like if you zoom in very well to the logo, that's the only way that you know how I am. But if you watch my YouTube, you can see my mannerisms and my facial expressions and stuff. So please subscribe if you're feeling the vibe. And you might find that you prefer watching me than listening to me, which it depends. It depends on your preferences. I might be what you're it might be what you like visually. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> if you're just joining us for the first time, my name is Ayek. I started the In Between podcast in 2021, kind of in the middle of the pandemic. I needed to start talking about things. I needed to vent about a lot of things that I wasn't comfortable venting to my therapist about yet. And for daggone sure, was not comfortable venting to the people close to me about. So I pulled up a mic, got a mic on Amazon and started talking and recording on my iPad, well, it was my sister's iPad. And the in-between podcast has evolved into so many things. I think anyone who has started with me from the beginning can see the changes. We were going through it. We were in the trenches, like everything at once, everything everywhere all at once was going on. So I'm grateful to God for the growth. Thank you. If this is your first time ever listening. We have many, many more seasons to go and definitely in Jesus name, some live shows. Um, if you're returning, I love you. I love you all. But the people that keep coming back, I checked, <laughs> I checked the analytics on previous seasons. You guys still listen. And it amazes me. It amazes me that you guys enjoy the podcast. Not that I'm not, not that I don't feel my vibe. Trust me. I feel my vibe, but I, I, I find it so interesting and so fascinating that you guys like really, you guys really tune in for every share, every comment, um, every email, every message. I'm grateful to you all. Thank you so much for coming back. Let's set some ground rules for the in-between moving forward. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is off limits. The goal of the in-between podcast is to unpack the journey that those of us that are millennials and Gen Zs are going through, the in-between, the now and the next. I say that because we're constantly in motion, but nothing is off limits. The goal of the in-between podcast I didn't, I never really thought about the goal of the in-between podcast per se, you know what I'm saying? I was just moving on vibes, but I guess I was moving on vibes then. Now it's the Holy Spirit. That's how we get down. And, um, the goal is healing, freedom, peace. Those are the tenets of the in-between podcast. This is a safe space. 
generally as a person, anyone who knows me personally knows this. Actually, I've seen and heard it all. And that's why people, even people older than me, feel comfortable coming to me. Nothing is off limits. This is a safe space for us to heal and to learn and to grow. We're going to get pretty deep. I've known you guys for what? Almost, wait till, almost three years. May of next year is going to make it three years. So it's time to get real. It's time to cut the pretense. It's time to step aside and let the Lord do his biddings. So this is a very safe space. This is a space for us to learn and grow. I might say some things that you don't like or don't want to hear, but with everything, if you pray, take it back in prayer. Um, if you don't think about praying, I'm just saying, just start praying. I don't know, stop. Just say something. Go to your room, lock the door and start playing, you know, it ain't gotta be perfect. <laughs> the sunlight is in my face right now. I'm in my apartment that I share with my wonderful roommate. I'm still in New York City at the moment and I feel really good. I'm on lunch break at work, which I'm going to tell you about my job, this job, because I remember complaining about New York, which to be honest, I still have strong feelings about New York and our party mayor, the guy who likes to get down, he don't play. God had other plans, let's put it that way. So the last time that we spoke, I probably was telling you guys about film school and my experience there. The people that I went to school with, that I was in the, my cohort with, yeah, they were mean. They were honestly like very mean. They were mean girls, they gave mean girl vibes and not much changed. So by the end of it, I just like stopped talking to them and day my day. It was funny because a lot of times being in that space, I felt very alone. I felt very like who was going to protect me. But through it all, I found out that God protected me. At the end of the day, you know, me being me, child, I feel in a lot of ways I got the, I feel vindicated. Let me put it that way. Their bullying just did not come to anything. And it was sad because I'm just like, why are you acting this way? It was sad for a few reasons. It was sad because I'm like, why would you even, clearly they were threatened. One of them was definitely threatened. The other one was just tagging along with her friend, but she was threatened too. And it will always interest me, the people that are threatened by me. Let me put it that way. That's the most humble way I can put it. It always intrigues me, the people who see me as a threat. Semi-offensive. I'm the kind of person that sees people's skills, regardless of who they are and their attitude and how they treat me. Like this person is beneficial for this. This person has this gift or whatever the case may be. And I think that was another challenge for them. Um, they were horrible, but I could still see what they had to offer and they saw what I had to offer and that made them mad. But like I said, <laughs> my sister came to the graduation. <laughs> Because the entire program, I'm like texting in the family group chat, like, guys, please pray for me. These girls are really trying it. This is this. My sister saw the girl. She's like, is it these? Ciao. Anyway, God bless them. All the best to them. Trust they're doing well. Yeah. So I talked about film school. Since then, I graduated. And I'm going to share a little quick testimony about how I got the job that I'm working at now. When they talk about the 11th hour God, they used to talk about it. It used to make me upset because I'm like, he ain't never come through for me. I mean, hey, I said it's a safe space. So we're being honest here. I'd be like, which 11th hour? Looking back, there are things in my life that were that definitely gave 11th hour miracle. But this is the one that was most notable because I just felt like there was so much opposition surrounding me going to New York or coming to New York, coming to film school, like stepping into my purpose and really just buckling down. The sun, guys, the sun is in my face. 
that's the thing about shooting at midday but then that's also the thing about having a lunch break like you got to do what you got to do during your lunch break anyway there was a lot of opposition. Even for me to pay to come to this program, there was there were concerns about it. There were just so many things. And just the New York environment in general, it was tough. But yes, as the program was wrapping up, two things. So first, they said from in July for six weeks, you have to do an internship. First of all, I'm like, who's gonna do a summer internship for six weeks? Like, come on. They're gonna be like, what? Maybe back in the day when, when I was an undergrad, they may have actually, no, those ones, they wanted you from like May to August. So no, but who would do a six week interview? I mean, six week internship. Anyway, my dear brothers and sisters, that's how at the last, the story is funny. I was in, I was in a class and one of the instructors was Brazilian and he goes, oh, you're Nigerian. My friend wants to meet Nigerians. I say, what? I don't understand, like, is the friend looking for marriage or what, what, what does he want? What does the person want? He said, oh, he, he wants to work with Nigerian storytellers. He works for a production company that does, um, yeah, that does African productions, specifically Nigerian productions. They're trying to, like, they were trying to branch out to West Africa, but primarily Nigerian stories. I said, okay, okay. I emailed the person. It turns out to be this really nice guy. We're talking, we're discussing, and he's like, let's keep in touch. So I don't know if I talked to my therapist. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or <clears throat> a little bit of everything. Let me not say a little bit of everything. It's definitely God. He's like, email the guy and ask if he has internships. So I email him. First of all, I find out that the production company that he works for is one that is owned and ran by a queen, a Nollywood queen. Our Nollywood. I mean, we have so many Nollywood queens. But if you think well, if you grew up in my time, you know the Nollywood queen I'm talking about. Anyway, um, I send him email. He's like, oh, most of us go on vacation because it's the summer. But let me talk to the head of production. Talk to the head of production. We get connected. And I find out that she actually has her own production company. So we talk and she's like, oh, I need an intern. Yeah, come on, join us. So I, that's how the Lord did my internship for me. Now I have to give some backstory. It was a tussle. I was like a few days down to the internship, <clears throat> the deadline of finding an internship. I'm like, I'm applying to everywhere. They're either rejecting me or not replying. And I'm like, I need this internship to graduate. And I'm done lying because AIC of like <sighs> a few minutes ago would literally, I very well, because there was no, all, all that needed to be was a document signed. And I could have just had my Tuesdays and Thursdays off because we had to go for the internship Tuesdays and Thursdays, which was another thing. It wasn't like these people were going to have us from Monday to Friday. So I was like, well, I'm not going to lie this time. So I need to get an internship. Anyway, it was a lot of back and forth with God. And I am like, what is going on? What are you doing up there? Are you what? You know, all of these things I would like cry, you know, being extra, not being extra. I was frustrated because I also was like, why did you bring me here? Why am I in New York? Guys got the internship. My boss was great and she's, you know, like we met when she came to New York and it was honestly a blessing. So the program wrap was coming to an end. I think, ugh, guys, like second to last week of July, I kind of started panicking because my biggest thing was I cannot come to this program and not have a job. I came to this program. I came to this program to learn everything that I need to learn so I can apply it to work because the stakes are super high. I was working at a pharmacy before I came to the city and I'm like, I'm not going back to this. I'm not coming back to this. I just felt like it was too, 
not below me, but it was like I had gone past that that life and gone past just doing things just to do them. And I wanted more for my life. So second to last week of July comes, I'm going to bed. Like I was crying every night. Guys, I applied to like 500 jobs. This is the thing that pained me. The thing that really pained me was that why... <laughs> They wouldn't even let me get to the internship. Just straight up. Unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately. Like, at least let me get to, to the to the interview. Then you'll now decide, guys. Either it was either unfortunately or just no message at all. And then there were these scams, these marketing scams. They were basically like schemes. Um what is what are those things called? MMM schemes or something like that. But they were scams. Well, that's how I almost got caught in one of the scams. So I brought in my, my, my range a little bit. I'm like, okay, I did get my bachelor's in public health. Like, let's see what else is out there. So I applied to this job. They're looking for data entry specialists. The work that I was doing at the pharmacy had a lot to do with data entry work. So I'm like, mm, okay. I apply and they say, oh, we're having an interview tomorrow, but we're going to do the interview via this app. I'm like, okay, that's kind of kind of weird but I was like I need a job I'm desperate to get a job I have to get a job so that's the thing desperation my brothers and sisters the interview was on this app and the interview was text like we were texting each other it was not it was not I didn't see anybody it was just text messages so anyway I'm like this is kind of weird I was literally gisting with my roommate doing the quote-unquote interview because I'm like okay and I was I was nervous but I'm like okay like it is what it is I get the job and I mention it to my family and they're like, okay, good. I mean, it's, it's a job, but in my heart, I'm like, did I really come here to go back to public health? I hate to say it, but to go back to Egypt, not that public health is Egypt. We need you guys. We need you guys so, so badly. But for me, it felt like I was going back to Egypt. So I get the job offer and I'm already planning like, okay, my office is going to look like this. It's going to look like that, all of these things. And you know, I feel the Holy Spirit telling me, this is not what you came here for. This is not what you came here for. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I got. Anyway, a few days after getting the job, they say, we're going to send you a check and this check, you're going to put it into your account. And that's what you're going to use to, to set up your home office. I've worked remote work before, so I know that they send you the equipment. Even the job that I do is hybrid, so they sent me the work equipment. But I'm like, hmm, that one don't consign me. But God is so faithful and so kind. I was bouncing it off of my, I was telling my sister that, oh, they're going to send a check. And she's like, okay, we'll have them send it to an account that you don't care. Like if it gets hacked or something, it's like a $4,000 check. It was an electronic check. It was from a company that was not the name of the company. So I Googled it and they said, oh, they're partners or whatever the case may be. Anyway, I put the check into this account that has no money in it. And immediately the bank is like, no, this is not, this is a fraud. Like this is a fraud check. So I reach out to them. I'm still trying to keep the peace because I'm like, hold on, hold on. I need a job. I need a job here. And um, they don't reply. Moreover, I'm contacting this person through this app. This texting app, they never reply, then they're suddenly not online, and I completely lost it. So I lost it for a few reasons. My pride. A big, big, big thing for me was my pride because I'm like, I came all the way here. There's so many people that are not expecting things to go well for me, including the people in my class. Like, I want to be able to have to say that I. 
got a job and really prove to them that I'm that girl, which I'm like, okay, that means that whatever was going on or like how, however they were making me feel eventually did obviously get to me. And that was a big one. The other one was, I want a job. Like I'm grown, I'm grown, grown. Like forget all this play. You guys hear me playing a lot on this <laughs> podcast, but I'm, my my mom teases that my mom teases that if it were the olden days i would have like 10 kids that's like super grown so it was problematic anyway it's august 17th we had we had a um final project for one of our classes and i went to the bathroom i was crying hysterically i'm like lord this is so messed up i don't know what i was you know ranting about and i just wrote something out i come out of the bathroom i'm texting my pastor and i get an email from my now boss and she's like hey i saw your application for this this, and this guys to this day i don't know when i applied for that job i have no idea when i applied for it She's like, do you have time to talk tomorrow or Friday about the job? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm definitely available tomorrow. Yeah, I will step out of class to be available tomorrow. Anyway, we do the interview. We have a conversation. It's really, so it was a conversation that kind of turned into an interview. So I was like, okay, this is cool. This is fine. And that was the, we had the conversation on the 18th. She said, she emails me, she's like, hey, we just want to send a, we want you to do like a writing assessment so that we can, we know whether you can like do this work. It's dig digital producing for a news network, online news network. And I'm like, okay, I'm freaking out the entire weekend. Anyway, I do the writing test and like, guys, I think the test was like at 10 a.m. Writing assessment was at 10 a.m. I got the job at 4 p.m. And guys, by the grace of God, four days before graduation, <laughs> The Lord turned it around from the scam job, because that was a freaking scam job, to working as a news producer, associate, associate news producer for now. We're moving up to producer soon in Jesus' name, but it was really a miracle. Settling into that and really registering what happened was a lot for me, a lot more than I thought it would be. And just the fact that I graduated from the program and like got out of such a toxic environment, the environment was so toxic, was a lot. So that kind of weighed me down and I didn't realize how much it affected me. There was also this thing of having to like remove things. I'm the type of person that believed that, and you know, culture and all of these, these things play a role, but again, it's like my pride and, and self-perception and things like that, that made me think that I had to be doing a whole bunch of stuff to prove that I'm getting it in, like I'm doing it. So I was producing a lot of projects for friends and things like that. And I had to, I had to calm the noise had to calm the noise so I had to remove a lot of things and also my self-esteem I was yeah I guess my self-esteem or like my self-image like took a hit it had to be revisited who am I a who are you what is the root of who you are where do your values come from where does your worth come from I had to get down to the bare bones and it got ugly I ain't gonna lie to you it got ugly it got pretty bad not bad but pretty heavy there are a lot of things about myself that I had to really, and it wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit convicting me like, babe, how far? This one that you're doing this, I don't understand. I'll talk through a few of those things and then we'll get to the topic of today because we're not on the topic of today, but we just have so much to catch up on. One of the biggest things for me was striving. I really, really, truly believe that everything I did was like, it had to take striving. There's a difference between making an effort, trying and striving. My vibe was to strive. What is striving? 
moving before it's time, doing past yourself, not doing things from the heart, just with a goal in mind. I'm very goal oriented. So even down to conversations, it's not even about making a connection. Sometimes, sometimes it's like, Hey, I call my, I call myself direct or straight to the point. But sometimes that's just like, you don't know what you learn from this person having a conversation with them. And that thing you're looking for, how do you know that it won't come out through the conversation? Issues with validation. I spoke about that on an episode last season, validation and the, the need for, and the need for validation was still very much an issue. It was a big thing for me. What people thought about me, how people perceived me meant so much. And, um, trying to rectify things I thought I had messed up as a child, like trying to make my family proud of me or trying to be good enough and all of these things, not knowing that a lot of people who I thought were like the, the golden children were going through hell themselves. There was a lot of breaking down and I'm never going to, well, not in recent history, but I'm not going to a few, a few things come on here and try to act like, Oh, everything is okay. Great. Everything is so perfect. And also how would I, what would I have said to you guys? What would I have poured into you guys that would have been useful? There may have been one or two things, but the podcast would have, it would have been like the shortest episode in history. You know, like some days I would just say, Lord, I love you. Good night. It was deep. It was heavy, but it was all for my good. So I'm happy to be back. We've got a few upgrades. We got a new mic. So that bumping, oh my God. Shout out to one of my good friends. He's listening to this. He's the one that even he sent a DM that kind of sent me think into thinking about picking up the podcast again that showed me that it was time. He was so kind enough to send me this um app that cleans up popping noises. So I'm hopeful that this mic will not cause too much popping and it won't be hearing that thing that I heard on the other. I like to call it toy toy mic because it was a toy toy mic. It looked like a toy. We're, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting up there. So a few upgrades in equipment. Thank God. If you are into social media, you like social media, you've managed a social media page, please, 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 please send me a DM at underscore the in between podcast. Guys, I don't know. I always, I don't, I'll, by the end of this conversation, I'll get the, um, my email and, and Instagram, but if you're a social media manager, please let's talk. If you're a graphic designer, please let us have a conversation about how we can take this ministry further. So in regards to validation and seeking validation and the need for validation, that leads me to why and how the in-between podcast is going to be making a lot of changes. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the truth. That is what I believe, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, died on the cross for our sins. I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That is what I believe. And I think that I was so interested in palpability and attractiveness to people and, oh, I'm the cool Christian. I'm the accepting Christian or whatever, which I'm like, what's a cool Christian? Also, what's a Christian? I follow Jesus Christ, believer and disciple of Jesus Christ, period. But there was this obsession with being palpable because I fully couldn't rest in the truth because there were so many things I was grappling with. Like why on earth would you come to earth? You are God. You are this wonderful, great God. You came to earth as a human being with all this messing up, all of this stuff. And you really died for me. You knew me, you knew my name and you know how I get down. I'll be playing games. I'll be on that B. I'll be on that BS. Okay. Let's just put it that way. 
and you still, you expect me to believe it? Okay, fine. I had to make peace with that and the reality of like, okay, I'm struggling to believe that Jesus would do something like this for me. Also, I just felt like I didn't, I was not qualified. I, (laughs) I call myself back in the day, I was a messy overachiever. I was highly accomplished. I I mean, I give God all the glory. I'm still highly accomplished, but I was like highly accomplished, but always in some mess, gossiping, manipulating, lying, um, doing, and, and even in that manipulation, doing things to get what I thought I wanted, backbiting, unforgiveness. Like guys, I was in deep, but on the surface, oh my gosh, like she's so put together. She's so this, she's so that. I closed my room door. I'm in X Games mode, doing what I want to do. Let's put it that way. And um, I just did not feel like I was the person to carry the mantle, to pull up a mic and start talking about certain things. But the truth about this walk with God and this journey with God is it's a process. It takes steps. If you're already at the peak, which I believe that the peak is when I get to heaven, then what's what's the in-between? No, truly, what's the in-between? We're in a process. We're all growing in our walk with God and everybody's process is different. I think comparison was a big thing for me as well. I would compare myself to people that I thought, oh, well, she's she doesn't cuss. She doesn't do this. She doesn't do that. So... You know, I'm not like her. We're not the same. Like that was my storyline. And that was also my excuse to not be open about my faith. But in the journey that I shared with you guys about, um, about grappling with things that I struggled with, (laughs) I had to learn about myself. I had to learn a lot more about myself. Let me put it that way. So yeah, we're going to talk about quiet faith and why, you know, why I suspect that a lot of times we struggle with being open about our faith. And then let's get practical steps. You know, we do practical steps up in here. We don't do that. You did this and you did this. I'm always going to or try do my best by the grace of God to give you tips on how to get it done. Because a lot of times <laughs> I'm the kind of person, if it's too much stress, the stress is at a certain threshold and I know no one can do it for me. Yeah. I'm, y'all going to have to give me three weeks. Not going to be able to do it. So let's let's go through a few reasons why I think that people struggle with being open with their faith. And when I say people, please include me. In fact, darling, I'm number one on the list. All right. If you know me, you know I had to have notes because if not, like I always say, we're going to be here until next year. So let's see. First and foremost, I think that there is a fear of criticism. I grew up in a religious family. I have family members that are high-ranking high in churches and things like that. I worked in church for a long time. I was a leader in church for a long time. And I always had this fear of being perceived as a church person. A church person has the nicest way to define it. A church person is someone who attends church every Sunday, but their heart does not indicate that they know anything about Jesus Christ. For example, they are mean to people, nasty to people, especially people who they perceive as unbelievers or people who are below them. They're extremely critical, and a lot of times they don't come from a place of love. Now, in some way or another, I have had my tendencies of being a church person, but because I was not as hardcore, I was afraid of being associated with them. But then I started drawing the distinction between people who attend church every Sunday, they're active in church, they work in church, people who are in church versus people who know God. And that helped 
with with that a lot of people have had horrible experiences in church a lot of people have had painful experiences i've gone to churches where the usher is eyeing me the first person i see when i enter the church the person let me not say just she but most of the time it was women for whatever reason the person will eye me i'm like okay thank you for having me so I get where the church hurt comes from. Maybe you told someone something in confidence and they told the pastor without even asking you. Then they did a council with seven, seven key board members. And, you know, oh, they're board members on a church. Like, is this a business? There's so many things, so many factors. But a lot of times that's church hurt in general and what people do in church is what pushes people away. And I never wanted to be associated with that. But then I wasn't getting the full scope of everything. And of course, not until recently, I was able to draw that distinction. So I had a lot of pain about people who were in church, people who were like Christian influencers and things like that. I'm like, you're fake. You're lying. You do this, but you have 65 girlfriends. You do this, but you're mean to your fellow woman. You would put a man over at your kids, like stuff like that. Like it was just, I had a lot of pain <laughs> and my pride did not allow me to give God room to heal me, number one, and like give God the willingness or like give God space to use me. I think another thing that people struggle with is shame and low self-esteem. We've almost all believed the lie. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you've been condemned or experienced condemnation and shame. And it's not just church. Guys, let's not, I'm not trying to freak you out, but it's Satan. Like Satan is the accuser. He's going to accuse you. Even when you have been redeemed, even when Jesus said, hold on, hold on, come right here. This is my girl, not too much. How do I know this? Let's go to Zechariah 3.1, which was brought to my attention early this morning after I was watching a video. So basically Joshua, Zechariah, I don't know, he's a prophet. Was he a prophet? He heard from the Lord. Let me put it that way. Zechariah heard from the Lord, child. And um, he was in a vision. So Zechariah 3 Let's start from verse two. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, even the Lord who now and ever, wait, let me start from one. Then the guiding angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, representing disobedient, sinful Israel, Israel at the time. Okay. Standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at Joshua's right hand to be his adversary and to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, even the Lord who now and ever has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a log snatched and rescued from the fire? Okay. That log snatched and rescued from the fire is you and I, but Satan is still going to accuse you. There's shame. Weren't you... Weren't you bouncing up and down on somebody's son like two minutes ago? Weren't you doing that? Didn't you used to be a drug addict? Oh my gosh, didn't you used to steal from church? Wait, hold on. Weren't you in the occult at one point? Didn't you do blood oaths and stuff? Like, let's, let's, let's go there. You feel shame. You feel like you can't come back. There may even be people in the church. I'm like, is it not this one that I used to do? This is this, this one that I used to do scamming or whatever the case may be. Shame makes us think that we cannot go back to God, but that's not true. It's not how it works. A lot of times shame like negatively affects the way that we perceive ourselves. We're like, I'm not good enough. I let this person do this and that to me. I let this person get away with this and that. I told this person what happened to me. They now said, oh, you better than me. Like that's, that's how shame comes. And it makes us think that we don't have the authority to speak on things that the Lord has put in our heart. 
100% untrue. Who's the person that can gauge that? The only person that can gauge your qualifications is the one who qualified you. Let's make that very clear. Now, I said the one that qualified you. That means it's not that you just were sitting down and you had an idea, then you start lamenting or DM someone. Listen, this life you're living is this, is this. You had, you heard from the Lord and he, he, the Lord told you, babe, this is, and this is going on. Consider this issue. This is a problem in the world that I think you need to address. This is how you can solve this problem at work. All of these things, right? It's a conversation. It's not just one idea that you had because a lot of times our emotions make us think that like we're speaking God's truth or whatever, but it's really just how we feel. I'll tell a story on that a little later. Also, we just don't have the time. We feel like we don't have the time. You're telling me that in order for me to share and, you know, to pour into people, I have to sit down with you, God. I have to pray for one hour. TikTok is waiting for me. YouTube is waiting for me. My little boo thing, he gonna FaceTime me at 10, Lord. Like, nah, let's move to 11. You won't FaceTime with him until 5 a.m. What's Girl, you drove from Cincinnati to Florida. You drove from Abuja to, I don't know. Kotonu to see the to see your babe but that one hour is too much and again I'm talking to myself there was a time where 10 minutes was too long I think I remember saying I've never said out loud but I said in my heart like what are we gonna talk about I don't know you I'm not into small talk what, what are we gonna talk about these are all of the things like I have to and talk to the Lord and spend time with the Lord to hear from him before I can start talking Guys, I forgot the camera's on. I keep adjusting. I'm like, not keep, but I'm adjusting my wig. Oh, sorry, YouTube. This is me. Don't be angry. <laughs> it's a lot of times it seems like work. God wants our time. God wants us to, to talk to him and spend time with him. And sometimes there's this notion that the only way or the only thing we need to be talking to God about and spending time with God regarding is our job or our purpose. And a lot of times our purpose, we associate with work our career so you ever you had a you ever had a friend you're just like babe let's chill let's just hang out for a few hours let's spend the day together let's do girls day or whatever that's primarily god's interest when we were created we were created for god to enjoy spending time with us you make something and you want to marvel at it you want to spend time with with it look at it hey guys look at what i made it's that kind of idea. And then Jesus comes and says, no, like, come right here. Come sit at my feet. Come sit next to me. Let's have a conversation. Let's be friends. Let's be close. Get to know me. Me too. I already know you. But you open yourself up to me and then we build that intimacy. The Holy Spirit is like, come right here. Let me just you about this interesting thing. That is the primary purpose. Or one of the primary purposes of being, spending time with God. So take the pressure off. You may be thinking, oh, me, I don't feel like opening a business, so me, I like my job. Uh, me, I don't care about promotion. I don't, me, all I, I just want to marry. So I don't have anything to be sitting and talking to God about before he overwhelms me and tells me what I don't want to hear. Like, before he now turns me into Jonah. <laughs> like, no, just come. Come to God. That's, that's, that's the biggest thing, and that's one thing that I had to learn. And that has given me the strength and the boldness to be open about my faith and, and who I am and what I believe God wants to do in my life and the lives of those around me. Um, I remember recently, it was a few days ago, I was just sitting on the couch and I just 
got found myself getting emotional because I'm like, I made God so small. I box God in in so many ways. And I think that's another thing we do. We box God in when we compare ourselves again, when we think, oh, I'll only talk to people about you in my neighborhood. I'll only talk to people on my Instagram story, which I'm going to get to because I feel that there are levels to it. But it's like boxing God in and believing that he can't take you outside of your neighborhood or outside of your room. I'm saying as if I'm not the one of the main people that was doing it, but like at a certain point you have to give it up and say, okay, well, Lord, you did, you did make the earth. You did make the entire world. So, uh, I can't, I can't box you in anymore. So those are some of the, the things that I experienced that, that made me not be open and vocal about my faith. And those are the things I hear most often. I don't want to come off a certain way. I don't want to stop drinking. I don't want to lose my friends. Yo, I get it. But a time will come, you without even knowing, you just start talking. If anyone had told me, <laughs> I would be on a mic with all these lights around me, telling people, first of all, saying that I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, like documented, I could do a lot of things. I could cuss people out in new and innovative ways. I could do all manners of things, okay? But that that this particular one, never, never would have thought. But God is faithful and he's like, yeah, you are. You're going to do it. <laughs> you might not do it now, but babe, you're going to do it. So give yourself time. Give yourself grace. And if there were times where you felt like you you should have said something about God, you should have, should have told someone about Jesus, God is merciful and there are other opportunities. And if you feel overwhelmed as you're listening to this, go to sleep. Like, just go to sleep. Lord, this is too much. This is too overwhelming. I'm getting in the bed. And the Lord's going to say, okay, good night. See you when you wake up. I'm going to be watching you as you sleep, but see you when you wake up. We're all at different paces, at different levels. The biggest thing is to just not compare, not compare how we're vocal about our faith. But when you do find your voice, do not shut up. Keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. I said on my Instagram that I felt quiet. What was, what did Oprah say? Were you silent or were you silenced? Babe, it gave very much silenced because... I'm just like, life is too much. This is too overwhelming. And then these factors that, that I stated. But I want us to get practical on what we can do right now. Like as, as you're listening to this podcast or even when you're done listening, go on and unfollow train. The person, there are people, individuals on Instagram that without them knowing, no, they make you feel like you're not good enough. They make you feel unqualified. You just feel this, this urge to be... <laughs> This Instagram is fake. Oh, and yeah, there are a lot of fake stuff on Instagram. I've heard, <laughs> my dear, especially, you know, we, we have the talk often about Instagram couples and, and, and Instagram marriages and things like that. But it's also things like people's lifestyle, what they can afford, what they do for a living and things like that, that can be fake. There are, there are, there are many times that it's fake, as I like to say, curated, but anybody that makes you feel like the the moment you're done with them or you may you may um scroll on the Instagram and be like, I'm Becky. Just unfollow them. You may get to a place where you're able to follow them again, but right now you can't because you don't feel good enough or you feel something just don't feel right. Go ahead and unfollow as many as you can, as you so please. This right here, give yourself time on this one. This is addressing the ugly parts. You have to be honest about the way you feel. Lord, I don't feel like being open about my faith. I don't want to lose my friends. I don't want to not be invited to places. I don't want to lose this relationship. I've wanted to be in a relationship for so long and now I have a man or now I have a woman. And if I bring this up, it might scare them off. 
and won't be able to have sex with them until I get married. They're not going to stick around. Be honest. Be honest. Be honest, okay? Hold the mirror up. Lord, this is me. I don't like my height. They don't take short people seriously in my place. They don't take... They're fat phobic. They're this, they're that. Hold the mirror up, Lord. These, these are the things. These are the things right here that I'm looking at you like, why would you make me this way and expect me to be open so that I'll talk now. They'll insult me that fatter than the whole house or whatever. Like <laughs> if you've been big, I'm sure you've heard some unique insults. I mean, that's just an example, but you know what I mean? Um, and when you're going through addressing the ugly parts, you have to give yourself breaks. If you can only go there for like five minutes, go there for like five minutes. Recently, the Lord has brought to my attention this idea or this concept that healing has depth, like you unlock levels of healing. Some people, I shout out to the people who can do it all at once, which I'm like, if you are even 15 and you've gone through years of interesting experiences throughout your life, if you've lived this life at all, if you've lived it as a black person, as a marginalized person, but I emphasize a black person as a black woman, If you can do all in one day, the healing, shout out to you. But the Lord knows us. He made us and he's like, this one, take it in doses. Everything has levels. There are some things that I had to heal from initially to address deeper issues. And if I didn't start with that, I would not have the capacity or the interest or the desire to address these issues. What does healing look like? First and foremost, I told God, listen, Lord, I got daddy issues still. Lord, I still manipulate to get my way in things. You know my mouth is sweet. I I use my sweet mouth to do this and that. I'm not even trying to make genuine connections with this person. I just want to get married. You know, that's how it starts. And that gives the Lord access to do his work. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. It's hard. There are some things that, that I've said. I speak very plainly about, especially when it comes to marriage. I was telling one of my friends and she was shocked. I'm like, why does this shock you? I said, I just needed a body. Well, I thought I just needed a body. Let me put it that way. I just needed a body. It could be, it could have been any man. I wanted my wedding. I wanted to prove my family members and former friends who had weird things to say about me wrong. I wanted to remove the reproach of singleness. It could have been a body. And she like, dang. But it's those kinds of conversations I had to have with God. Lord, this was going on. I believe that I don't need to apologize to my mom because she said this and this or she was this and this. I don't believe that I need to call that person back because they did this, 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 and this to me. I don't believe that I need to set that boundary because I already don't have friends as we speak. (laughs) We got to go there. But just take it in doses. Remember that there are levels to this. Okay. Now, in terms of being vocal about your faith on Instagram and social media and things like that, there's, there's this, let me not say pressure, but a lot of times there's, yeah, it's it's pressure. So like, I've heard people say things like, oh, so you're posting Bible verses on your story that, that will go off in 24 hours. You can't even post it on your grid. Well, at least listen, this is, this is my thought. If you knew me of last year, then you will know that that posting on my stories is me giving my all at the moment. Again, everything has a process. Everything has its pace. There are some people who were introverted. Like they would just only be able to write things out, right? Because they prefer to like on their own and write things. Then with time, they're walking down the street. Hey, do you know about Jesus Christ? Come right here. Let me talk to you. Everything has a process. So don't feel like it has to be done a certain way. The biggest thing is to cut the comparison. Stop comparing yourself. All these 
let me not say let me not say all these but like they're christian influencers they're people notable especially in our community african christian community you will be comparing yourself to them you don't know what sacrifices they've made you don't know what pain they've gone through you don't know what levels that they've gone through to get to that point and also we think that we have to be visible like and by visible i mean we think that we all have to have a mic we all have to have a camera I'm a speaker, I'm a storyteller, I tell stories, I'm a journalist. That's what I do for a living, like career-wise. And luckily, gratefully, by the grace of God, the Lord is also using it for the kingdom now, the kingdom of heaven now. But it's like, you don't always have to have a mic, you don't always have to have a camera, or you might have to have a mic and a camera, and that is the only way. So it's again, partnering with God and finding out what your particular thing is. In terms of comparison, guys, Jesus is your example. If you ex- you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's your example. There may be people, there are so many people doing amazing things for God, but I would like to believe for the most part, they're doing it the way that God told them to do it. Your example should be Jesus Christ and let the unfolding happen from there. So these are my thoughts, guys. This is, this is where I'm at y'all with everything, with my walk and I thank God for where I've come and where we're going. We're meeting every week now because I have the space and the equipment for it. So I'm super excited. If you're struggling with being open and being vocal about your faith, if you're struggling with your identity, who you are, why you matter, why you're worth anything, or if you're worth anything, let's just say a quick prayer. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful conversation. We thank you for this day to dwell with you and to spend time with you. Father, we lift up right now in the name of Jesus, every person who's listening, who doesn't feel qualified enough, doesn't feel good enough, felt shame or feel shame about what they've done or where they've been. People who feel like, oh, they're not at the right place. They need more money. They need support. They need to be married before they step out and do what you've called them to do. Father, we ask you to empower them. We ask you to give them the grace, so Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to give them the grace and strength to do your biddings here, Lord Jesus. Father, you've invited us into partnership with you. Father, may we all accept the invitation with great joy, aside from the lies that we've been told by people, aside from the abuse, the being ignored, the being manipulated, the being exploited, Lord, Father. We ask you to even go to these places and bring healing so, Lord, we can do your work here. Father, we know that the work is plenty and the laborers are few. Father, let us be among the laborers. Father, we cover ourselves in the blood of Jesus. We cover our families in the blood of Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you that it is done in Jesus' name. Amen. You're not too small. You're not too weak. You're not incapable. I don't care what they told you. They lied. They didn't make you. They don't know who you are. God knows who you are. So go back to the person who knows who you are and loves you. There's no performance, no no need for pretense, no need for, ah, let me get myself together. How do you, how will you get yourself together? All this while, did you get yourself together? You don't have the capacity to let God do it. I don't know who that's for, but let God do it and just come back, come back. Everything will fall into place. I know you're worried about what you'll lose, but you'll gain so much more. So thank you guys so much for listening and watching. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye for now. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Stay well, stay beautiful, stay you in between now and when we meet again. Bye for now.